0: And this is Somebody's Somebody's Gotta Gotta Know, Know, a podcast where we have questions. And somebody's gotta have answers. Okay. We're back. We are back. We did it. Um, we took a brief hiatus because we both got super fucking busy. Yes. At the same time. It was unplanned, but what are you gonna do? But it all worked out. Mm Mm-hmm. Take some time off, build some suspense. Only one person noticed or complained, so...
1: Oh, well, I don't know how to feel about that. It was Alexa. How do you feel <laughs> now? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We appreciate Alexa. Um, I have ice in my cup. Like, I have learned nothing this whole time. <laughs> we
0: took three weeks off. You have to relearn. Okay. All right. You're, all right. You're like a toddler who took a break from potty training. Yes. We're back in the pull-ups. We'll put on the big girl undies next week. You got this. All right. All right. There'll be some jingling ice in this episode. But... I mean, like, what would this even be our podcast if there wasn't noise coming from your drink? You're right. Honestly, (laughs) there's been one episode (laughs) where we finally figured it out, and then we took a three week hiatus.
1: (laughs) You're right. You're right. We had a whole plan. Like last time, I had a towel for my mug. Like we were, I like prepped the beverage. Even I picked on purpose. It was a whole thing. Anyway, um, not this time. But happy to be here. Tell us um, what you were doing. Why you were busy. Right, so, um, me, uh, well, Aaron and I were both performing in a production of A Streetcar Named Desire. You weren't just performing in it. What
0: roles did you have? Aaron was Stanley, and I played Stella. Which is, like, important, like, hugely important roles.
1: Yes, this is true.
0: They are... They are very important to the play. (laughs) This is also the second play that I've seen these two in that is set in the South where Aaron plays a character that is married to and beats up Aaron's character. (laughs) I smacked him with my program afterwards and told him to stop beating up my best friend. This,
1: well, this, the way we've looked at it was, I mean, we're both like a little, we're both like a little typecast in this because Stanley's supposed to be this kind of big
0: intimidating guy.
1: And Aaron, Aaron kind of has that.
0: Aaron has that, like, f- like, personality-wise, he's not intimidating. He's a very sweet teddy bear of a man. But, like, physically, if you saw him, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to cross that guy if you didn't know him. Right. And that's... he can get very loud, I learned.
1: Yes, he can get very loud. Um, and then Stella is supposed to be kind of... Meek? Well, she's not, not really meek. Like, she still kind of stands up for herself, but she kind of keeps to herself she's supposed to be like the most yeah. level of the characters like if you have Stanley who's like super tense and on the verge of getting angry all the time you might
0: say hot-headed you might say hot-headed <laughs>
1: um, and Blanche who's on the verge of like crying and
0: having a breakdown all the time she is in the midst of an emotional breakdown the entire play Stella
1: has Stella is like the Medium character who's like taking care of these two characters.
0: So it's it's like um I'm yeah. Blanche. I don't know who would be Aaron's character because Danielle never really got angry, but you were just yourself. For some scenes. Like I am yeah. I am in the midst of an emotional breakdown at all times. <laughs> and you keep me level headed and calm and draw me hot baths. <laughs> and draw you hot
1: baths. Yes. And get you drinks. Yeah. And make sure you're having a snack. Yes,
0: I was so I in in shame as my like theater kid persona knew nothing about this play, had not read the book, had no context, chose not to research it ahead of time. Should have, should have oh looked god. into it a little
1: bit more. Oh my god, you mean even when you went to go see it, I um, had
0: that was the first. I'm sorry, experience I... I ever had with a streetcar named Desire.
1: Oh, I do blame your high school English teacher, like, but. <laughs> I have, like, three different high school
0: English teachers. So, like, for a quick snapshot into my high school English class, one of them was in a computer lab where I would actively and obviously look up the spark notes to the chapter we were supposed to read the night before and then answer all of his questions. Just
1: stab me in the heart,
0: why don't you? Another one of my English, my British literature teacher, instead of, like, reading Twelfth Night or doing any of that stuff, we watched She's the Man and put on a puppet show. I did not read oh a single boy. page of that book. So like like that was my high school English experience. So I'm sure that it came up I did not retain any of it.
1: All right. Well, it's considered one of the more important plays in American theater.
0: I know that much. I just Oh, oh, so you know shame. you know it's important. You just shame. Had it right. Okay. All right, all right. I will
1: say I will say you actually don't need to feel that much shame because a lot of people um their only experience with it is when the movie came out. With
0: There's a movie?
1: Yes. There's a very famous film version with Marlon Brando. And
0: we're out. not surprised I haven't seen that.
1: We're not surprised you haven't <laughs> seen it. We're not surprised you haven't seen it. But a lot of like people our parents' age like know this movie really well. Okay. And Marlon Brando and the actress who played Stella came, came right off of performing it on stage. But then they didn't take the stage actress who played Blanche. They wanted a more famous person. And so they picked Vivian Lee, the same actress who played the main character in Gone with the Wind. Okay. Um, So that people would be like, oh, I have to go see it. But anyway. Gotcha. So Marlon Brando does the the Stella yell. Have you at least heard of the Stella yell? The
0: Stella! Not until I heard Aaron do it. Oh my
1: god. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. That's actually the best way to see the play. Because everyone else went to the play kind of for most people, like I said, kind of some older people, being more familiar with it, being with Marlon Brando's Stella Yell, and, like, that's all they remember from the movie. It melody. had, like,
0: preconceived notions. Yes,
1: they think of him and, like, the tight, like, soaking wet t-shirt in the rain. Oh, calls, I have seen yeah. that.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, and he's on... I can, I can, yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. he calls out for Stella, and, she, and of course, she's dressed for, like, the period... So we said it in the present. The play's actually written... For like the forties. Okay. So Stella would have come out in like a silk nightgown. Gotcha. And like runs down this iron staircase to him in the rain and like grabs him and throws her hair. And like that's what people remember. Is there like Street Desire? It's sexy, Marlon Brando.
0: Um Not that you're not sexy, but But that's not what it's about. No. And and you're I we went shopping a few times in the play, obviously, Aaron's character had to be in undergarments. So we went to Marshalls together to pick some out that would be like modest enough, so she wasn't physically in underwear.
1: Well, the, our director said she wanted she wanted Blanche to be in like quote unquote like fancy underwear, like she. Which actually,
0: she was. And then I was.
1: She wanted Stella to be in like very contemporary, like sporty underwear.
0: So you wore like bike shorts, essentially. Yeah. yeah but yeah. she comes out. Or takes off your dress on stage or something, and I leaned over to our friend Mallory, who was with us, and I went, "I helped pick those out." You did, you did. <laughs> she started laughing, at and me. I was
1: also where. Which reminds me, I have your push-up bras to give back to you.
0: I forgot I about wearing, those. I was wearing which one your did you wear?
1: The one that was black with the black lace.
0: Yeah, that one's really, really push-up. That probably made your boobs look giant. Well, I don't know. You were looking. I was up in the like mezzanine. Mezzanine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I took a shot. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was close enough that you knew what I meant. No, you, no, I did. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. We, if we know anything from this podcast, it's that your drinks are really fucking loud. and I don't know how to pronounce jack shit. <laughs> Nothing was as good as, as, good as aristocracy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I did say aristocracy. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Okay. there no. was also there was another one that i just fully bungled and there was like you touched me and made me pause and went is this the word that you're trying to say and it I was the remember. same episode i can't and i was remember. like probably um what did you say mezzanine 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 so i was up in the mezzanine so like i could see you guys but there was also two men in front of me whose heads were in the way oh, so I'm i mostly sorry. experienced it through sound which scenes oh, did gosh. you have the bra on in The whole play. You had it on the whole play? Yes. You had very flowy clothes on. Well, because she wanted...
1: So, for anyone who doesn't know, there's, like, multiple comments in the play about Stella being a little bit, like, bigger than Blanche. And then Stella is pregnant. You find out it's because Stella's pregnant.
0: And Aaron Bennett's, like, the tiniest person you'll ever meet. So, I mean... Small and skinny.
1: I mean, still, I think i was still a little...
0: I, I you are say... broader than the actress who played blank.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'm a little softer, maybe a little broader. Than yeah. Her. Um. But it was hilarious because like neither of us had any boobs, and my director was like, "You have to look like you have more than her." Maybe somehow. I just
0: I do remember you having boobs. Maybe I just thought like I don't see Aaron in a real bra very often, or like that shirt's very tight compared to no. And was... I completely I... forgot that I gave you like four push-up bras push-up. to try on. All a push up, bro. Amazing. In my head, you have much bigger boobs than you do in real life, then. Yeah. When I fascinate about you, fantasize. (laughs) (laughs) I only have half a beer, guys.
1: When you fascinate, (laughs) fantasize,
0: both kind of. Yeah. I was trying to make a joke that I think about you. (laughs) I don't. I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I was trying to make it sound like that, though. Oh, that's fine. I get it. Um, Honestly, just to like derail for a second i consider that to be one of the highest compliments if someone says they fantasize about you if they think about me when they touch themselves i'm like and you should because i'm hot and you will never get to touch me in real life wow so do it in your mind lots no shame no shame my mom knows about my ass tattoo guys i got an ass tattoo (laughs) she did it's very cute i'm all over
1: the place Well, it's all right. We talked for a while about my play. Anyway, it came up. It came up pretty well. That's the end of that story. I think we did okay. pretty good. And um. And Hannah got up. Got the
0: ass tattoo. I went to a bachelorette party last weekend. Excuse me. I'm I'm drinking beer, guys. So I'm gonna be pretty belchy this episode. But like, what's new? Um. <laughs> truly. Uh, I went to a bachelorette party and one of the ladies who was there, her, we were in Portsmouth and her tattoo artist that she uses in Portsmouth, she was like, I want to go say hi to him. And I joked and I said, we should get matching butt tattoos. And she said, let's see. And then the bride heard me and she went, I want everyone to get matching butt tattoos. We did not all match. We did all get ass tattoos. We walked into this guy's shop because they take walk-ins and we said, would you have time today to do seven tattoos? We're with a bachelorette party. And he said, probably. And we said, they're all going to be on our ass. And he said, come back at six. Wow. So we went to the bar next door and we drank for an hour. And then we took turns going over like two or three at a time because it would have been too distracting to have all of us in there. And uh, we all got ass tattoos.
1: But they didn't all match.
0: No. So the bride, her sister, and her mom all got the same one.
1: Oh my God. Her mom?
0: Yeah, because she told her mom that she wouldn't. And her mom went, this girl thinks I'm a fucking pussy. (laughs) I love her mom. Oh my God. (laughs) She told me she's adopting me. Um, so they all match and then me and my friend Jen got matching ones. Uh and then the other two girls just got random things. And one of the girls didn't get it because she's pregnant. So there were eight of us and only seven of us got tattoos. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a good
1: time. Yeah, that's a pretty epic thing to be able to say Happened We all at your woke up the next morning, party.
0: we were all like our butts hurt. And Amanda was the bride and she kept going, I'm going to love this forever. She was like, forever I get to say that everyone at my bachelorette got an ass tattoo impulsively. We all just decided at the bar what we were going to do. It was super fun. Wow. Amazing. Um, I joked with Jen that ours were mother-daughter tattoos. She has four real children. Three of them are girls. So she texted the daughters and said, look what I did with my friend Anna. They're pissed. Oh my God. (laughs) They're all like my age too. Oh, my God. Wait, <laughs> who's getting married? What was this interesting mix of women? So, my friend Amanda, who's a year younger than us, she's Megan's age, Okay, um, was a JPPO that I worked with when I worked in the in-home counseling job. Yes. Her coworker Jen, who's also a JPPO, is our mom's age, but, like, is our friend. Uh, They're the only two in the office. We all have hung out and drank together, so she was invited. Her fiance, Daryl, who's the JPPO supervisor, also came. He was the bride guard all night. I I texted Jason, actually he told me to text Jason that he was keeping an eye on me and making sure nobody was looking at me. Oh my god. Uh, He has invited himself to my bachelorette party now. (laughs) Uh, And then it was like her sister, who's 11 years older than her, her mom, and three friends who are all around her age. Wow. And me. Beautiful. So yeah, it was an interesting collection of people, um, all with the same personality all drunk and getting tattoos. It was a good time.
1: I feel like that's so tricky. I've never heard of that. Eight women together all with the same personality?
0: It worked out. Like, really well.
1: I feel like that's why I was... I was talking to a friend about this the other day. It was Well, it was actually Katie, who played Blanche. Was, I was okay. explaining like what ha- kind of happened when we were trying to plan something. And obviously it was like... Oh, for yours? Pandemic time, yes. So we did a virtual? Yes, which all turned out, like, really sweet and wonderful. Um, but I was talking about just, like, in the prep for it is I just was, like, these are, even though mine was smaller, I still feel like you're all women from, like, different times of my life when I was doing different things. I don't
0: know how, like, the, you're right, the group that you had as bridesmaids, I don't know how it would have worked out if we were all in person together.
1: Because we're all just like, I feel like it was just a very different group. Like, women who I all love and who aren't, they're, they're pretty close in age. We all get along. I'll get along, but I'll,
0: you're all different, but, though. But you're also right that, like, not everyone who is there is someone that I'd be like, I want to go to the bar. I'm going to invite whoever. Um, like, I'm pretty, obviously, I'm very close with you and Danielle, and everyone else I would consider a friend, but they're not people that I like hang out with if you're not there.
1: You know what well, I mean? Right,
0: right. Right.
1: And so I was just like, I, I don't think, want to say anxious about it because I don't want anyone to feel bad. Like, obviously, like, I love every, these are you all were, my You were nervous that something friends. was going to go
0: wrong because we're so different. Yeah. You didn't want anyone to not have a good time.
1: Right. Right. And if someone didn't have a good time, if one person was not having a good time, I could not have a good
0: time. Because you're very, I'm not going to say it
1: what i was gonna call you type a again i feel like you have a different definition of type a like when i think of type like aaron and i were talking about this earlier aaron and i think of type a as like punctual shows up on time keeps a strict calendar likes to keep tabs on people is the type a is the kind of person who's like did everyone look at the menu before we go to the restaurant so that they all have a good time no so that they're prepared
0: like to me i don't know uh, like I, type A refers to a pattern of behavior and personality associated with high achievement, competitiveness, and impatience. In particular, Type A personalities include self-control, motivation to achieve results. I guess I'm not thinking of Type A. What's Type B? What is Type B? Less stress-prone, patient, relaxed, easy. Well, you're not that. Well, maybe, maybe there's a Type C. Maybe it's like blood, and you're A B. Maybe,
1: maybe. Because <laughs> here, well, here's the deal. I th- I, I would say I'm a high achiever.
0: I would say that you're competitive.
1: I I am competitive. Um, stress prone.
0: Absolutely. But I don't think of
1: myself as impatient or controlling.
0: I, I think that you're the kind of, I don't think that you're controlling in the sense of like, you want everyone to do what you want them to do. I think that you more like to control the outcome of situations. Like, you okay. needed to know that everyone at your bachelorette was having a good time or you wouldn't have been able to have a good time. Okay. All right. But you weren't going to say you have to do this. It was more like you need to do what will make you happy so that I can be happy. But if you're not happy, mama's not sleeping at night. Okay. All also, right. Also, in my right. mind, you refer to yourself as mama. <laughs> Which is so... <laughs> you do not do that. That's not real I life. Do... I don't. I don't do that. Um,
1: but it's funny. <laughs> See in my mind, you, you like you could be someone who refers to yourself as mama to yourself. Oh, I
0: refer to myself as daddy. <laughs> okay,
1: never mind. I also That's call better. myself
0: this bitch all the time. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. So, anyways, play ass tattoos, bachelorette parties. Mine's gonna be interesting because there's it's the there's a lot of people, and I don't I don't know how it's gonna go.
1: Well, I feel like you invited. Uh... Is there anyone in your group who who I should know that? Never mind. Wait, maybe I shouldn't be asking this on the podcast.
0: We'll ask and let's find out. We can always. Cut oh, this you don't out. To say,
1: You don't need to say names. Just is there any one person or two or whatever who don't really like to party?
0: No. <laughs> it, I, I, I only invite people who will rage with me. If
1: everyone is down to rage, then like we'll be fine. Well, let me think about who's on the list. I'd rage. Like I like I'm probably the least rage person. Well, it's on it's you, Danielle, now.
0: Jenny. See, I'm already like we all know we. Gwen and Shannon do nothing but rage. Okay. Gwen, Gwen, born and raised in Manchester. I see. She's she's tiny and petite like you. She's got beautiful blonde hair. You look at her and you'll be like, ah, based on looks alone, that girl's prissy. She's not. She's the biggest bitch. <laughs> I love you, Gwen. I don't know if she listens. One of the first <laughs> things that she said to me, we were talking about something, and I said, "Where did you grow up?" And she went, "In the ghetto." Ra ta ta ta. <laughs> she didn't grow up on a good side of Manchester. Wow. Okay. All right. See, I'm she, not she's already not you, you and Shaden are the same person. Like, fine. I think it'll be good.
1: Um, okay. The people who make me nervous are the ones who, like, are gonna, you're gonna make the plan, get the car, get downtown, get gonna to the be bar, like, for the music's gonna start, and they're gonna say, oh, it's a little crowded in here, shouldn't we leave? Or, like, I'm starting to not feel good. Like, it's just, like, too much.
0: So, like, at Amanda's Bachelorette... And that's fine.
1: And, like, here's the deal. It's okay to be... It's okay. Like, that's totally fine. Like, I don't think everyone has to enjoy the things that are typically happening at bachelorette parties. I just... And some people are like, okay, here's money. Go get home. I cannot do that. In my mind, if someone is having that experience, I need to get them water. I need to make sure they get home. I need to make sure they're comfortable. I need to make sure their phone is charged.
0: Like... See, at, at Amanda's, I got really tired. At 9 p.m., and so me and another girl walked back to the hotel and just left the party, and they all came back around midnight. We were like, Goodbye! All right. You had a buddy. Okay. We just, we were
1: done. I wouldn't even trust someone else's buddy. I'd be like, I have to be your buddy. This is the only way I know this I think, is gonna be fine.
0: I think you'll be okay. All I think right. if anyone gets tired at my bachelorette party or it's done, it'll be me.
1: And that's, and it's your party, so we can all leave. So it'll be uh, fine. It'll be fine. Okay, that's good. All right. I feel, see, I'm already like, shh, we're gonna have a ball. We're gonna it's have gonna, a ball. It's gonna be um, great.
0: Do we have any other updates? I don't know. That's all. That's all for now. It's been twenty minutes. That's all, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's
1: all. That's (laughs) all. This was. It's the end. We're easing back into this. (laughs) (laughs) We We studied nothing. We learned nothing. That's a lie. You learned about a streetcar new desire.
0: You also learned about how to throw a bachelorette
1: party. Things
0: that flatter Hannah. That probably shouldn't. (laughs) No, no, it's flattering. It is. Good. Um. Cool. So okay. you wanna know what we're learning about this week? Oh yes. It's a surprise. We're deep diving into a cult. A cult? Have you heard of the Children of God cult? No. This is the cult that Jack Queen Phoenix was raised in. And his brother, River? River Phoenix. Oh, you're talking about Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin The,
1: <laughs> the actor. <laughs> was River, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Steve's not Jackie. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, famous people. I've only ever read your name. I don't even know what you look like. You're so, It's so funny when you refer to famous people because you don't even, like, watch movies. i <laughs> But, like, there's so many, so many people in the world with the last name Phoenix, and when you look up the Children of God cult, the first thing you hear is, like, sex crimes, and the second thing you hear is Joaquin Felix. <laughs> Felix. Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix, I know his last name. Fuck. I, re- I actually, Aaron I like him a
1: lot as an actor. We like his movies a what lot. What is he in? Um, well, He's not the Matrix guy, is he? What? No! That's
0: Keanu Reeves! They wear fucking names! I don't know what to tell you!
1: Everyone knows Keanu Reeves!
0: Sure! You just watched The Matrix! I know who he is! I didn't know that was his name! Alright, well,
1: okay, alright, 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 alright. Joaquin Phoenix is most famous at the moment for
0: being the most recent Joker. Oh, I don't watch those movies, so. And wasn't Heath Ledger the Joker? Yes. Okay, I know him because he was the guy in. Heath your died. Let's be nice. No, I know, but but what was that '80s
1: movie? Oh, A night's Tale. No, that, that was no. '90s, early 2000s. What what are, you are you talking? You're not talking about Ten Things I Hate About You. Sure. Am. That's a '90s movie. Okay. '80s too far back. That's what I know I'm from. '80s is like
0: Breakfast Club. And he's not in the Breakfast Club.
1: No, he no. was a child, so <laughs> he
0: couldn't have been in it. I'm sorry everyone this is not what you came here for or maybe it is (laughs) who am I to judge you I can't even
1: say Joaquin uh it's to me it's like so confusing because I'm like when like growing up like all like Heath Ledger's 90s early 2000s movies were so like important to me because I just thought he was so beautiful like the most handsome yeah gorgeous man yeah um and, uh, yeah. Heath Ledger was in Brokeback Mountain with Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you know anything about that movie?
0: Isn't that one, like, a, a gay movie? <laughs> that came out really judgy, guys. I don't mean it that way.
1: It's a very romantic movie that happens to be about two gay characters. That's boys. all I know about it. Well, if you want to see him and Jake Gyllenhaal kiss really passionately...
0: Which one's Jake Gyllenhaal?
1: I don't... Okay. Um... What's a good Jake Gyllenhaal movie that you would have seen?
0: None. I don't watch movies ever. Um, I'm just going to look up it on
1: my phone. You've definitely seen his face before. I'm just going to look up pictures of Brokeback Mountain.
0: Brokeback Mountain is the mountain for you and me. So which one's which? Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I know Jake Gyllenhaal. Good old Jakey boy. (laughs) No, <laughs> she. Okay, I would like to see them kiss, right? This one's Jake. It's also quite sad. I should
1: point out it's not. Oh, a I'm not ending. watching it then. Yes, it's a. Does somebody it's die? A, it's a sad movie. Um, of course. Does They're a ca- dog die? N- no, a dog doesn't die. I'm pretty sure.
0: Does a horse? No, I don't think a horse dies. Well, I could watch it if men die. That's fine. They're ranchers. Um,
1: okay, that's enough. All okay, right.
0: so. that's enough anyway what we've learned so far is (laughs) hannah still can't pronounce shit and knows nothing about anyone famous unless it's taylor swift i could give you her life story but not today um all right yes speaking of famous people david berg was born february 18th 1919 in oakland california which makes him an aquarius which makes sense to me because aquarius men fucking suck and he was a piece of shit.
1: How many Aquarius men do you know? Can As, you give me a short list of the Aquarius men we would both know? A single one, my ex-boyfriend. Oh, wasn't was Mark also an Aquarius guy?
0: You know what? He has an I do like my Marky Mark. Yeah. Well, okay. There's always an exception to the rule, and Mark is the exception to this rule. But otherwise, Aquarius men can suck my dick. Okay, I accept um david was one of three children his parents were highly religious missionaries and worked in in, as independent pastors because regular churches wouldn't work with them they got kicked out of quite a few regular churches because they had differences in teachings of the bible and um overall were not good people excuse me his mom actually was an atheist for a while and then got in an accident and broke her back and was, like, paralyzed. And then when she was healed, was like, I guess God did that. And then met his dad, who was actually from, I want to say Sweden. And then they had children and traveled around preaching the word of God on the streets. Eventually, though, (laughs) they settled in Miami, Florida in 1924. Uh, David went to school, did the kid thing. He graduated in 1935 and followed in his parents' footsteps to become a pastor and worked for, oh, I didn't write it down. It was, the, it was a, like a big church, like the Church of something-something, and he was expelled from the church hmm. because of a difference in teaching and alleged sexual misconduct. David says that he was expelled because he was preaching to his congregation that there should be more racial diversity, but I am obliged to believe the sexual misconduct. And when you hear the rest of his story, you will also believe that claim. All right. Um, I should preface this with a couple of trigger warnings if you don't already know about the Children of God cult. It's a pretty famous one, but there will be talk about sexual assault and child abuse. And if those are not things that you can handle while keeping your mental health intact, please skip this, the rest of this episode. Okay. This has been your warning. Real quick, because this will make me Better at talking. We're going to crack open another beer. ASMR. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's... You got to
0: do the... <sighs> um, anyways, when he was expelled from the church, he started his cult. Um, he started it by calling it the Teens of Christ or Christ for Teens. Something along those lines. I
1: can't... So when would this have been? So it'd been the forties ish?
0: Nineteen sorry. He graduated in nineteen thirty-five. He was in the church for a few years. The cult technically started in nineteen
1: sixty-eight. Oh, so he was older ish when he yeah. started it.
0: And um he preached for a while before he got followers. He got married, he had kids.
1: <coughs> Excuse me, he preached for a while. Is there like a is there like a more specific name for like that kind of Christian
0: cult leader? cult leader but like those sorry was that not what you were looking for no Uh,
1: evangelical yeah i guess so i guess that's just Uh, a fundamentalist a fund but see i don't know that like what would make Uh, someone a fundamentalist
0: fundamentalist christians are it's that's essentially a cult in and of itself it's very strict they're big on modesty against homosexuality the man is in charge is it the whole the bible is the truth Mm, kind of yeah okay David's cult was described as Christianity meets 60s free love. Okay. All right. So he preached the Bible, but he also really encouraged sexual promiscuity.
1: Okay. We'll
0: get into that more.
1: It's so weird to think that you could take those two things that theoretically should be good and then make make them them both bad. bad.
0: Um. He found a group of hippies in California and started preaching. He quickly gained quite a few followers and prophesied an earthquake to move them to Arizona. At this point, he had roughly 40 followers plus his wife and children. Um, they would proselytize on the road. What? Amassing more followers in many countries throughout the U.S. At the peak state, of. States. That says communes. Countries. <laughs> <communes. laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, so Ah. he was going around to these, like, kind of hippie communities, like, living together, sharing, Like, if this was a
0: cartoon, there'd be a map of the U.S., and it would be David and his kids, and they'd go into Mm -hmm. a city, and then he'd preach. And then when they leave that city, they'd have 10 more people, and they'd go into another city, and he'd preach. And when they leave that one, there'd be 20 more people, and it would just get bigger as they moved around.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um, At the peak of the Children of God cult, there were 14,000 followers across the world. There are communes in other countries. Know,
1: just for a little grounding. So this would have been the same time as, like... Like, Nixon and the Vietnam War, and, like...
0: You know I have no idea who was president in the 60s and when wars happened. Okay. I think, uh... I'm gonna trust you on that one.
1: <sighs> if we're wrong, tell us in the comments below. Basing my knowledge off of the musical Jokes on them. There are no comments. <laughs> there are no comments below. No, I'm quite sure... Um, well, the hippies and the free love had to do with, like, protesting against the space race and protesting and there against is, And some of the, the stuff that I read was, and...
0: like, nuclear war stuff, so. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. This, so he... Well, that would have been, so that would have been the Cold War, which would have been dribbled into the 80s, but...
0: So, well, the cult started in 1968 and continued this pattern until he died in 1994.
1: Okay, so yeah, the nuclear war stuff would make sense.
0: So it was, like, 30 years of culting. Gee, for a lot of it, after he amassed a ton of followers, excuse me, around the world, and there was like thousands and thousands of them, he secluded himself. said, I don't want to talk to anyone or look at anyone anymore, and only communicated through written letters and published three thousand letters with rules and stuff in them. One of the most famous quotes that he put in was, "The devil hates sex, but God loves it." This is wow. Yeah. Is, yeah, all right. Um, so through these letters, and he published the 3,000 letters over 24 years. Huh. Um, through the letters, he claimed to be God's prophet for the, con- for the, I think that says contempt, but that doesn't make sense. Unkempt. Can I see it? For the contempt world. Maybe contemporary is what I meant to write. Through these letters he claimed to be God's prophet. It? He claimed
1: for Yeah, oh yeah, I would say that is contemporary.
0: Okay. Thanks. Guys, this is my own handwriting. <laughs> uh, and also wrote about his short his shortcomings to appear relatable. So he'd be like, I'm God's prophet, God loves sex, but sometimes I lie. <laughs> <laughs> God wants you to listen to me and I'm all powerful and my wife gave birth to the next Jesus Christ. One time I cheated on a test. Like... Ooh, weird, like manipulative stuff. Yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's par for the
1: course for cult leaders. Yeah.
0: He took child brides, what cult leader doesn't, like, it was iffy. Um, It was iffy? (laughs) It was iffy. (laughs) (laughs) The best word I could use to describe this, iffy. Uh, By 1972, Children of God boasted 130 communes around the world in 70 countries with 10,000 full-time members. What? Yeah. People in the 60s and 70s, there were so many cults. People flocked to the sense of community and commune and free love, and they'd get tricked into it, and then someone would go, I'm in charge of you now, let me brand you, Mm. or I'm in charge of you now, drink this poison. God spoke to me, the apocalypse is coming, all of you have to fuck me so I can repopulate the earth. Like, and they'd be like, well, I'm here now and I gave you all of my money and I have nowhere else to go. So I guess this sounds like a fair trade. Wow. And most of the cults were in the US and a lot were started in California. Anyways, the 70s were a weird time to be alive, I imagine. Serial killers and cults. Great music, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great hair. Great style. Cool clothes. Cool lots, lots of drugs, drugs. Cool cars. Weird time to be alive between the serial killers and the cult leaders.
1: Bad wars, too, I'd say. Ify
0: presidents.
1: Bad presidents. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow.
0: Um, so... <laughs> okay. In 1976... David introduced what he called flirty fishing, which one of his daughters, after escaping the cult, later described as religious prostitution.
1: Wait, one of his daughters escaped?
0: A bunch of people left the cult. Most of his children left. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Oh. Okay. All right. So repeat that last thing you said. She described it as religious prostitution. So David called it flirty fishing, and he essentially ordered all of his female members to go out and sleep with men to convince them to join the cult. Ooh. So they would go out, they would find a guy, they would let them fuck them, and then they'd be like, you know what you could do next? Swear your life over to my guy, David. I did not find any research on how often this worked and how often they were just like, goodbye, one-night stand. Thanks for the breasts. But I imagine it worked enough because he made them do it a lot. Then, in 1978, it was renamed the Family of Love from the Children of God, and shortly thereafter was then just called the Family International, which is what it is known as today. This is still a cult today, just less rapey. Um, David reorganized the group at one point and fired more than 300 members. I don't know why. I don't remember. He (laughs) He fired. He was like, we're revamping your vibe doesn't work for me anymore, goodbye. Maybe they weren't having enough sex, I don't know. So when you say someone is a full-time
1: member, do you mean that's like they're not working another job, like this is their whole life?
0: Yeah, so people who were fully committed to the cult didn't work or go to school, they barely socialized with anyone outside of the cult except for to have sex with them and trick them into joining the cult. They all lived in communes and only talked to each other and David. Wow,
1: so when you gave that number of how many... 10,000. 10,000 full-time.
0: That's like 10,000... Four years after the cult was started. So they weren't... Wow. Yeah. They gave all of their worldly possessions up, all of their money to the cult, and they lived there, and churched there, and sexted there. Then, the group was accused of sexually abusing minors. Um, turns out this happened, and he, he encouraged the sexualization of everybody, including children... And took child brides and would encourage members to sexually abuse the children and was just, like, a really shitty guy. And a bunch of... He himself abused all of his daughters and grandchildren. And, like, they came out later and were like, no, this happened. And he was put on trial for it and he was being investigated by the FBI when he was, when he died. Um, one of his sons ended up committing suicide after murdering somebody who had sexually abused him as a child at his father's orders. Oh, my God. Yeah. Rough stuff. So, not so, good. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, about one-eighth of the 10,000 members left the group at one point, which is roughly 1,200. So, flirty fishing increased drastically to try and recruit more members. This is when David preached that the devil hates sex, but God loves it. Um, this is also around the time that he was more secluded and, like, not interacting with people as much and just writing his letters. Um, some people became escorts to find potential converts, estimated that members had sexual contact with 223,998 people between 1974 and 1987.
1: Oh my god, and these people probably weren't regularly seeing doctors and getting STD tests. No, I'm
0: sure that was against his rules. Oh, jeez. But that number, 223, almost 224,000, and at its peak it had 14,000 members. This is a health so crisis. most of them... Did not join the cult.
1: Yeah. Still, they could be just spreading who knows what around the world. Like, oh my God.
0: Um, in 1982, after the investigation started into the sexual abuse of minors, uh, they revamped two titan standards to, quote unquote, protect the children. And then David died in 1994, and the family still exists today, but took on more traditional Christian values under new leadership and claims that all of the bad stuff doesn't happen anymore. And that's it. And the, everyone was just I like, had more info, but like I said, I forgot to print it. So that's what I've got. That's the Children of God cult. And they were just allowed to continue? Nobody knew what was happening. Once they found out, they started investigations. But at that point, he was super old. And not a lot of people would testify because they were threatened if they ever spoke out about it. Um, I don't remember if it, I read about a couple of cults. I think it was this one where, like, they had to give him pornographic photos that, like, he would use to blackmail them if they threatened to speak out. Oh, it was, it was a mess. Uh, you're just in stunned silence.
1: Because, because I think about, like, that time in history and all the crazy stuff that apparently the FBI was looking into and trying to stop, blah, 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 blah. And... He flew under the radar for a really long time. And that they... Well, right. I'm thinking, so these are people, like, without social security numbers, without yeah. permanent addresses, like, yeah. without actual communities, like... City. And they
0: weren't working, and the kids weren't going to school, so no one was keeping an eye on them other than cult members who were like, this feels right. Wow. Um, and then... oh, well, there was something else that I read... Um, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, a lot of people ended up leaving, like, R- Joaquin Felix, Phoenix, mm-hmm. yes. I almost said Felix again, Phoenix's family left when he was, like, three or four, oh, um, good. around okay. the time that flirty fishing started, that was when his parents were like, this is, this is a little weird, we're gonna leave now, um, so, they like, people say, like, that he grew up in the cult, he was a toddler, which means River was a toddler, like, they, they were young, but, like, they, they were born in the cult, they were a part of the cult for the, beginning uh years of their lives where they're heavily influenced by all outside stimuli in their development um so that's interesting there's another famous person who was also part of this cult um whose parents also left when flirty fishing started but i don't remember her name and did not recognize it when i read it so she can't be that famous woman yeah i can look it up real quick actually yeah because i'm very curious um rose mcgowan
1: can i see her picture actually
0: yeah, let me find one.
1: Cause American has... actress. Oh, she looks a little familiar. Hold on, I'm looking at your phone. Um, She's blonde, she's got short blonde hair. What was she I'm in? sure I've Let's seen see. her in things. She was in Charmed, oh! Scream. Oh, she was one of the actresses in Charmed. Now you know who she is. Oh, okay. That's interesting. She went on to be a witch.
0: Um, yeah. So she was a part of that cult as a young child, but it says that she was born in the 70s, so she couldn't have been very old when her parents left. Cause what did I say flirty fishing started? Mm-hmm. I lost it. Um 1976. So she would have also only been like three or four. Yeah. Oh man
1: crazy is stuff weird
0: this isn't one of those cults where like he convinced people to die for him um obviously there was tons of abuse and it still wasn't good by any means but a lot of people after leaving did commit suicide because of what either they were forced to do or what was done to them there was one guy who admitted that david forced him to molest a child and right after admitting it died committed suicide was like i'm done um and like he didn't have a choice in the matter but also, like that's pretty shitty that he did it. So, like, David had a lot of control over a lot of people. He also forced people to produce and collect child pornography. Wow! Oh my god, this so that he could view up. it, man. Yeah, yeah, god. yeah. <laughs> what is with these now. weird stories in
1: history of these like strange men who just like get these? It's
0: it's the sociopaths who are really fucking charming and learn how to use that charm to manipulate people to do what they want, like Ted Bundy. David... I forgot his last name. Berg. That's a stupid last name. It is. The, the guy... The Manson family. Yeah, yeah. Like... White men... Have too much power in our country, so let's castrate them. <laughs> Except for our ours. I don't know. Some days. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess Jason, you're safe. But um, um,
1: yeah. It's just like such a weird pattern. Like, because remember when you were talking about Prohibition?
0: Yeah. Who was that guy? Uh, okay. His name was, like, Thomas, I think. I'll have to he listen. He was a piece of shit, too. And, oh, yeah, he name? he basically overturned the entire government so that he could get what he wanted. Excuse me. Which is <laughs> to avenge that...
1: Poor worker who accidentally poked him with a farming. I still tool. like. It
0: must have been something more dramatic, but I still like to picture it as just like no. a
1: little. <laughs> I like to imagine as a scratch, barely. And he was like, oh, "You drunk? Look what you've done to me, my precious
0: children." It, it skin. makes me think of like Draco Malfoy. Yes, yes. My father will hear, and then I'll change the law. And like thinking about how young he was, and how old that person would have been to have been working on his farm, and how much that person drank. And how long people lived in that time. By the time you changed the law, that guy for sure was dead. Oh, definitely. Like, absolutely dead. <laughs> so dead. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I feel something like you was, didn't do enough. Something was wrong there with with. I think that's the trend, died. is the people who do these things have something wrong in their little brain nuggins and need to see a therapist, not run a collection of human beings.
1: Right, 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 right. But obviously, I'm sure, you know, when people write books about these things, the whole, you know, they convince themselves of their lie.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so follow-up question for you. Yeah. Do you think that you would be more likely to join a cult or start a cult?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Start a cult.
0: You think you'd start a cult? Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I, like, personality-wise, I feel like you would be way too easy to trick into joining a cult. I... My is itchy.
1: I just don't... Are you talking about me as a human being now? Or not, if I was not like, like what you would prefer to do.
0: Things. But, like, no. Aaron Bennett and her personality. I just don't think
1: I'm keen on believing... I mean, I I'm, the problem is I'm nice. I'm conflict-averse.
0: Yeah. You're so a
1: people-pleaser. You,
0: right. But I... You would try to please the wrong person and end up in a cult.
1: But I think I like to, at this point, avoid people who need to be pleased. Okay.
0: Um, if you started a cult, what would the main premise be? How would you get people to join you?
1: How would I get people to join me? Well, this is a problem, right? Is I think any cult I would want to start, probably no one would want to join. <laughs> I need to know more, because I'd be, because <laughs> we would read books and watch movies, and we would have long discussions, and no... spark notes would be outlawed. No one would be allowed to. There's the internet and sixteen-year-old Hannah would not join your cult, <laughs> um, and we would study philosophy. I mean, I say philosophy, but more like contemporary feminist philosophers,
0: like no. So you're Plato. not in it for the power trip. You're in it for the betterment of society, and I hate that.
1: But no, but knowing that I would be helping people be better. But if I was the boss, then see, like I would be very picky about what we were reading and the kinds of things I think are good for people, you know. But anyway. Would
0: you outlaw processed food? No. Could I still eat potato chips in your cult? Yeah. I'll come then. All right. Yeah, you yeah, you can eat potato chips. No, the only things I would... I, I don't know if I would outlaw any food or drugs or anything. Could we have like a one day a month on the full moon where we all take shrooms together and dance naked in the yard? Yeah. Okay, but then I like, don't need my own cult. I'll just you'd, commandeer you'd, you'd yours. You'd
1: designated in groups and you'd always have to have people who aren't on the shrooms. No, that's too safe. To, like, monitor. I... I'll
0: join your cult and then take over. See? <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right, all right, all um, right. So what would be your cult? Well, I first of all, I think that I'd be way more likely to accidentally join a cult. I'm a little bit too trusting. And I like attention. So if someone were to be like, you're really pretty, come hang out with me. I'd, see, I'd be like, absolutely. See, I
1: don't like attention. Love attention. I would... See, that's why I think I would not be susceptible
0: to joining a cult.
1: Okay, that's
0: fair. That's fair.
1: Because of those tricky, those things people but, do to, like, flatter you or, like, if anyone's buying me gifts or, like, blah, blah, blah I'd be, like, uh, like, that would not be the way to trick me. The only way to trick me would be is if the, if the cult leader wanted to trick me, they'd have to, like, challenge me to some kind of debate.
0: <laughs> and if you lose the, the punishment is join the cult. <laughs> or something. Like I don't know, but continue. I um I do have a problem with authority though and I don't like to follow rules. So like that would make me struggle mm-hmm. in a cult.
1: But see I think a lot of these cults, especially the ones you're talking about, used that. Like, the right, but then but then like you rules. join and
0: you have to do everything that the leader says. I couldn't do that. But yeah. If I had a cult though, it would be a nudist sex positive cult. Oh. But to join, you would have to take and pass a very detailed test about consent. No rapists in my sex-positive cult.
1: Nudist sex-positive cult.
0: And if there'd be a three strikes in your out rule, you are reported for sexual misconduct, well, there would be some more severe, like, one-strike things. But, like, if you had unwanted advances and someone said, knock it off, don't look at me, and then you kept doing it, like, that'd be a strike. If you, like, rape somebody, you'd be, like, out. Um, if you get kicked out for something along those lines, burned at the stake. <laughs> I'm not putting you in the world as a rapist. Done. Wow. You're not allowed to, to re-offend. Over with. And we'll chant around you. <laughs> She's a witch! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But otherwise, have sex, do drugs, be naked... Um no shame in my game. Love it. Just consent is key. Yeah. That'd be my cult. Would you join my cult? I I, I like the nudist part. Well, you and Aaron could have sex all the time. It just like you wouldn't have sex. You don't have to have sex with everyone. Okay. Alright, alright. It's sex positive, like if you wanna go sleep with everyone you can, but also if you come in with your partner and you both decide together that you're monogamous, like I'm not gonna make you break that.
1: Okay. Alright, then yes. I don't
0: to <laughs> You're like, I'll be naked, but sex is gross. <laughs> no, I love sex, but I'm just, just picky. <laughs> <laughs> you like one, one penis. <laughs> yes. a, sing- a singular dick. <laughs> <laughs> does your mom listen to this? I hope not. No, she
1: does <laughs> not. <laughs> good. You would have known, episode one would have been like, done. <laughs> like, <she laughs> oh. oh, good. No. Um, I'll... <laughs> Um, wow. That's so, that is such a great question, though. If people want to answer, I'd be curious. And, and answer in
0: the comments below. If you think you'd be more likely to... Join or start a cult. Join or start a cult. And if I, you start it, what would the main premise be?
1: But I, d- I think it might be worth saying, because it's hard to really judge what would happen to you. I think it'd be worth saying, what would someone have to do to convince you to join? Ooh. Or, you know, what, what would be the method to convince you to join...
0: Aaron would need a full debate and I would need a couple of flirty words.
1: I would need, right, I would need them to be like, if they were going to flatter me, it would have to be about like my intelligence and they just want my opinion on something.
0: I'm really easy, guys. That's what you need to know about me in a lot of ways. In one of those ways, flirt with me a little bit and I'll probably do what you want. To an extent. Get your mind out of the gutter. I <laughs> know <laughs> I just said that my cult's all about sex, but come on. Oh. Literal children. <laughs> um, yeah. So interesting. I'm going to have to ask Aaron this. Ooh, I'm curious about his answer. Text it to me as soon as he tells you. I know that if I asked Jason, he would say that he would never be convinced to join a cult. He fully would start one. I don't know what the premise would be, though. He just likes to be in charge. Just the mere idea that I would suggest that someone could convince him to join a cult, immediately offended. (laughs) Jason, I know that you're listening to this. Text me when you hear this part and tell me if I'm right. (laughs) He'll listen to it at work when it's published.
1: I don't know. The only thing I can really go off of is a time when I was in high school when, or a couple times in high school when a friend of a friend or whatever tried to convince me to join a youth group, like Christian youth group. Which, like, I grew up Catholic, so the whole idea was always funny to me. I'm like, you know that I'm into the people with the wine and the smoke, right? Like, I'm not... (laughs) The wine and the smoke. Um, and they'd be like, come come on, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be like a a rock concert. Like, they, like, play guitar and sing. Yeah, that's how they get you. Um, and then I was like... You said no? I did go once. Before I really got it, I did go one time. Um... And then it ended up kind of, like, by accident at a party where it was all youth group people who tried to ask me, like, like, what? Uh, I'm trying to think.
0: What did they say to me? that I was like, do you know how many different youth groups I got sucked into as a child? I 100% would be tricked into a cult. But see, they just, like, it was so frustrating to me because all they do is say,
1: like, they're just like, listing things vague things that could be wrong with you yeah for you to be like yes you're right like and they are wrong with me to help me with that and then they'll be like like,
0: also we're going to a corn maze next week and we'll pay for you to go through it and then you have a great time at the corn maze and then you end up at their bible study and you're not having a good time anymore but you're stuck now because these are your only friends I'm sorry. No, I was just like... <laughs> was that not the same experience that no, you had? No, I was like, the Bible is a
1: metaphor. I'm going home. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, you just used your cup as a microphone.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, well, I know better now. I left that cult. And, um, I don't plan on going back. Yeah, don't do it. Yes, ma'am. Aaron gets to run my life now. You're my cult leader. It's a one-member cult. Just you. You tell me what I can and can't do. Because I can't make decisions for myself. I'm a very self-destructive person. (laughs) You know what I just learned about myself in this
1: moment? What?
0: (laughs) Is that I could never run a cult. (laughs) Did you just panic? No, because as soon as you said that, I was like,
1: wow, that's a lot of responsibility.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You would be worried all the time about everyone's happiness. I could never. You can't make decisions for me. You don't know what makes me happy. Well, because, I yeah, I was like,
1: like, for a second, my brain was like, you should take this seriously. Like, Hannah's telling you that you need someone to give her help making decisions. No! And I was like, like, that's just my brain. Like, that's just my first, like, initial, like, what do you call it? Your lizard brain response. Yeah.
0: Like. Lizard <laughs> brains are, like, fight, flight, freeze. Probably.
1: I know. But that's what people say. But I think my lizard brain, like, is in a kitchen with an apron. Like, oh,
0: what's going to You've happen? got, like, 1950s housewife brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have lizard brain. Yeah, And I have, like... 1800s harlot brain. <laughs> oh no.
1: So my so my little housewife brain that lives inside me is very nervous about your 1800s harlot
0: brain. <laughs> Am I my, wrong now? Right? Like imagine
1: imagine you as like an 1800s harlot who's like not brushing her teeth and doesn't eat anything. Or just her boobs are out so that men will look at her. And you just like eat old meat pies you find on the street and like
0: <laughs> and I'm just like Oh my god, you need to... I'm I'm picturing myself as one of the, like, really hot girls in the whorehouses in Game of Thrones. Hot, for sure, but, like, not bathed. No, because it's the 1800s. Right. And I am bad at self-care and hygiene. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Jason tells me every day to brush my teeth, and if he did not remind me... This is gross, guys, but I would not brush my teeth every day.
1: You know, other people have this problem. You're not the only friend. No, I,
0: I know that, but I am a harlot.
1: Fun fact, everyone, you are supposed to. How does it go? Everyone thinks it's a brush, floss, rinse? No, it's floss brush. Is it floss rinse brush? It's rinse floss brush.
0: I need that floss first because you're getting all the junk out, and you gotta like then brush it away because you loosen it up. But if
1: you rinse first, you'll get the stuff that's bigger and looser will come out, and then you floss just for the little stuff. And then brushing, you brush. You're just supposed to brush lightly all your teeth. You're not. Do you want to know, to know another fun fact? You're supposed to brush really hard.
0: What? One time, Erin was yelled at by our dentist because she brushes her teeth too much and got rid of all of her enamel.
1: Um, and so I'm trying to be better, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had to call you out a little okay yes because i was anxious and thought that would make my teeth whiter and it did not
0: um (laughs) yep not how it works no yellow teeth are normal also like don't let society tell you that they're not i know um anyways tell us what your lizard brain is because not everyone's is a lizard maybe i'll put that on our story what's your lizard brain
1: Right, right, right. If your
0: lizard brain was, like, a character, what would it be?
1: Like, ours, like, ours were. Yeah,
0: 1950s housewife, 1800s harlot with bad teeth. Let us know in the comments below.
1: (laughs) Mine is, like, in a housecoat with a face mask on, hair curlers in, vacuuming. Mine is, like, wigging
0: warm alcohol on the side of a sandy road, flopping my boobs around so that boys throw money at me. That's my lizard brain. (laughs) With, like, I picture myself with, like, big hair, too, which is funny because I do not have big hair. Um, Yeah. I die pretty young.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe mine, maybe mine, like, sneaks, sneaks little cigarettes when she's nervous. Like, she's really anxious, so she, like... I thought
0: you were going to say that you were sneaking me, like, penicillin. (laughs) (laughs) no. They're like, I keep you alive with Annie. I'm my time... lizard brain keeps your lizard brain alive with antibiotics. If we could connect them and like there's two bright lizard characters. there's one time bridge time between us. Travel every once in a while, you wake up in the middle of the night and I'm in your fridge and I hiss at you in the dark. <laughs> you leave meat pies for me because you know it's all I'll eat. <laughs> Oh, no.
1: And maybe you mix me cocktails sometimes, you make them extra strong when you think I need it.
0: I do that anyways whenever and then I And reach, it I like. just imagine you, like, reaching your hand out like your refrigerator.
1: You need this. <laughs> oh, like- you know, you would have, like, an old-timey British, you'd have that. Um,
0: but are you, like, a French harlot, an English harlot, a Dutch harlot? place is the warmest, because wherever I am as a harlot, I don't want to wear clothes. Oh, you'd have to be in, like, southern France or Spain or something. Okay. Portugal. I'm a Portuguese harlot. Um, I also picture it, like, for some reason in my oh, lizard I guess brain. You could, well, I guess you could be in the Wild West, maybe. Southern okay. girl. For some reason, my lizard brain is afraid of your lizard brain, so I also won't directly hand you the drink. I put it in one of those, like, old people grabbers, <laughs> and I, like, lean across the room to you. <laughs> and I'm, like, shaking and trying to let you take my sacrifice. What are, you, what
1: are you afraid of? Like, my loud home appliances?
0: You have a broom to protect yourself oh, from intruders, and I'm, like, oh, future, <laughs> cleanliness. Liquor. (laughs) And then when you drink it, I... Yes. (laughs) And then I take my meat pies and I scamper out into the backwoods where I live under your deck. I'm no longer a harlot. I am a raccoon. (laughs) This is so specific. (laughs) I'm just a trash bag. (laughs) There's a song that I really like called Men Are Trash. And he starts it out and he goes, Men are trash. Yeah, I know. Men are trash. Still want him, though. Men are trash. And maybe I'm a raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) Every guy I've ever been
1: with. Wait, is this a man singing
0: this? Yeah. (laughs) And then my favorite, favorite line, though. He's singing about, like, how shitty men are and how he, like, sips for girls. But girls only really like shitty men. And he gets it. And it's fine. And he's trying really hard to be an asshole. And he sings about sex. And he's like, I don't get off when I get head. And now she's in her head. Like, do you think I'm attractive? Yes. Good guys, nice guys, bad guys finish fast. I'm a nice guy, so I'm trying to finish last. Like, uh, oh, 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 You know, like, the nice guys finish last, like, because they're all like, yeah, nobody likes a nice guy, but he makes it funny.
1: Yes, yes, I'm with you now.
0: I'm a nice guy, so I'm trying to finish last. How's a guy like me supposed to compete? Sorry, I don't have to sing the whole song. No. I think it's really fun. You don't have to. So this is not a song by a gay man. I don't think so. I'll look him up. I don't remember his name. Hold on, let me see. So he's
1: singing about other men um being the worst.
0: And here, I'll play a little bit of it. Alright, I'm gonna have to listen to it for a Shit, girl, I know he ain't shit. so on him though. Men yeah. are trash, and maybe, maybe you're a raccoon. raccoon. Every boy you ever is a, been a regret on your list—a waste of ever stripping out of your dress. Okay. So, anyways, so his name's Scotty Sire. Look it up. Um, I'll look him up. Uh, you
1: know, we could stop now, and it would only be a little over an hour.
0: We could stop now. We have gone. All over the place. This is Scotty Sire. He has more tattoos than I was into the
1: This is one of the form. is this one of the former Backstreet Boys?
0: Or in sync members? I don't think so. Let me see. Okay. Click on the one that says songs. Oh, I guess not. He does have Backstreet Boy energy. It
1: just was the frosted hair. I was like, oh you uh it was this picture. He reminded me of the guy... Of Lance? The one with the frosted tips who sang in sync.
0: I want to say that was Lance, and he's very gay. Oh. <laughs> um, anyways, so I mean, you guys know way more about any part of me than you ever needed to. Tell us what your lizard brain character is. Tell us what would get you to join a cult. And if you led a cult, what your premise would be. To get other people to join. Like us. Like us. Convince me to join your cult. God damn it. I just want someone else to tell me what to do with my life.
1: I don't. I'll fight you.
0: <laughs> and she'll win. She's <laughs> scrappy. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> Drink water. Take your vitamins. Make sure you eat something today. Yes. You deserve it. Get eight hours of sleep, please. Or try. Laying down and closing your eyes is still good for you. Um, if you need a mental health day, take one. Don't let society tell you that you have to work all the time. That's right. But if you do, stay hydrated.
1: And we love you, friends. Love you, friends. We're out. We are out. Goodbye.